Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Greetings, Voyagers. This is the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast, and this is episode number 81. As of yet, untitled. I'm still here in Jakarta. Today is, what is today? Tuesday, October 16th. My visa expires on October 19th. That's just in a couple days, so I need to get out of here. Now, I had all intentions of going to Bhutan, and... Uh, if you didn't know, everything, everything that you're going to do in Bhutan has to be handled through a travel company, travel bureau. It, it's just the way that it's done there. It's a completely regulated industry. And so what you do is you pay one fee, they handle your flight in, your flight out, your visa, the daily tax fee that you have to pay, your driver, your lodging, and three meals a day. But the only way to pay is through wire transfer. And I just, I really struggled with that. I, I walked all over, literally all over Jakarta looking for a Western Union, found one. That didn't work. Tried to have my dad, hi dad, uh, help me by wiring money from the States because I couldn't actually be at my bank and that didn't work. Uh, long story short, you don't care. But can't get to Bhutan right now. So it looks like I may be headed east. I think it would be cool to go to Taiwan and then maybe to Japan. Uh, don't totally know yet, and it's kind of cool to not really have to know. <laughs> so next time I'm talking to you, I think maybe I'll do one more here in Jakarta, and then uh, maybe you'll hear some cool content from Taiwan. All right, today I went to the south of Jakarta to the WWF office, the World Wildlife Fund, and I was fortunate enough to get to spend some time with their expert on marine conservation. I'm interested in a whole host of topics that have to do with environmentalism here in Indonesia. Uh, but the way they kind of parcel out responsibilities there is they have experts in different fields. And so I'm really interested in uh, plastic here, uh, plastic waste, recycling, the impact of plastic on the biodiversity of the country, on the environment of the country. And Dr. Imam is the expert in that. And so we had a really great conversation and that will be shared with you soon. I mentioned I'm interested in some other things that have to do with conservation here in Indonesia. When I was in Borneo, I was in Malaysian Borneo, but in Kalimantan and the Indonesian part of Borneo, there are orangutans. If you didn't know, orang is person in Bahasa, and what orangutan means is forest person. Useless trivia, maybe, but I thought that was pretty cool. I never realized it was a Bahasa word. But what I learned was that um, through illegal trafficking of animals, uh, illegal trade, that orangutans are often captured and then sold to zoos around the world. Um, so if you're someone that doesn't like zoos, there's maybe one more reason not to like them. Uh, but today, we talked about plastic. Now, this is really interesting because... The more I travel, the more I see how plastic is a problem. You hear about it all the time when you're at home and in the States and, and you see pieces online, but you really get to see it. Uh, plastic and, and literal piles of plastic and trash in places where there, there shouldn't be any at all. And it might sound like hyperbole to say piles, but, but really. An example I'll give from here in Indonesia was 
when I was in Lombok, you could see the tide bringing in plastic bags and other types of trash and rubbish. And every morning, the beaches are kind of raked up, and that trash is brought up past where beachgoers are sitting, and then it just kind of sits there. And so if there's another big storm, that's going to get washed right back out to sea. And, you know, it, I'm sort of an ancillary figure in the travel world. Like, I, I'm not really a photographer. I'm not really a blogger. I just have this silly podcast. But, you know, I follow a lot of people who are, you know, sort of uh, have, a, have a bigger footprint in that world. And I'll see pictures of places I go to and I've been and I know like, wow, that really cool looking pristine photo just out of frame, there's trash. I've seen it in rivers in my travels. I think I talked uh, with Callum Thompson, the photographer, a few episodes back about how when we were on the train in Sri Lanka, people would just throw trash out the windows. Now, it sounds like an indictment on people, and it, in one sense it is. I think that people are really kind of caught up by convenience. You know, it's the reason why people just go to the store and, and get a new uh, plastic grocery bag when they could you know, just as easily bring their own or put the contents into one bag instead of two because it's easier to have two and it's easier to just crumple it up and throw it away. But it's, if it's not being recycled, and most places around the world don't recycle those plastic grocery bags, it's going to end up somewhere. And it never fully breaks down. It breaks down into these sort of like microparticles, and then those get ingested by fish, and then those are eaten by larger predators. And sometimes those larger predators are us humans, and we end up with plastic in our bodies. I'm sure you've seen, you know, some of those crazy videos that go viral about like the great Pacific garbage patch and things like that. But yeah, it's a, it's a problem throughout the world and it's certainly a problem here. Indonesia is an island nation. Uh, it is a nation like many that consumes a lot of plastic. We talk about that in this episode. But so some of that plastic is coming from here in Indonesia and then some of it is, is washing up on the shores from other places. It's a country that is 17,000 islands. And because development is sort of uneven here in Indonesia, certain places like Jakarta, which is a major metropolis, right? It's you know on par with cities around the world, even though uh, pollution here is certainly a problem. Um, there are places that are far less developed and don't have the same municipal capabilities or uh, programs or structures in place to deal with plastic. And a lot of these places are are pristine, beautiful, gorgeous beaches that attract a lot of tourists. And, you know, like myself, tourists come, they have to drink water. They cannot drink the water from tap, so they're drinking plastic bottles. And they're creating waste, and often this waste cannot uh, be recycled, be composted, or be taken care of in a way that doesn't impact the environment. And so I was lucky that I was able to sit down with Dr. Imam and talk through some of these issues, some potential solutions and uh, where and what the country is, where the country's going and what they're doing to try to curb this. And it's a, it's a really big project. I think in my, in, in getting a bit older here, I've softened my militants just a, a tad. I'm still quite loud about issues that I feel deserve attention, but I recognize now that things are, are very complicated 
So it'd be very easy for you to say, okay, stop this certain industry here in Indonesia. Okay, but the rupiah right now is struggling against other world currencies. And so you can't just stop a sector of the economy without a solution that's going to take that industry's place. And it requires global cooperation to fix a lot of environmental problems. And unfortunately, Indonesia is not one of the major global influencers like a US or a China or a Russia. So this is a monumental task. Uh, I'm really appreciative of Dr. Imam and the work he's doing. And uh, I'm really glad that the WWF allowed me to come today to, to talk about these things. And listen, travelers, get a reusable bottle, get like a tote bag, um, learn how to say no plastic wherever you are. I've really been conscious of that lately here in Indonesia, and uh, I've been bringing the tote bag everywhere. And, you know, it, it certainly suffices. You, you don't need the plastic. Okay, so there's one <laughs> itty-bitty solution for you. Okay, you can check the show notes for this episode to find a link to the WWF if you want to learn more about them than you learned in this episode. Also in the show notes is a link to my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the voyages of Tim Vetter. That is a subscription-based service where you can give monthly. That will support the uh, podcast. It will keep the content coming. It will keep me going to places in the world where I can bring you stories and, and share some cool things and information with you. So if you have the means to do so, please check that out. Or if you don't have the financial means to support, you can do so by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes or the podcast application of your choice. Check my Instagram at the Voyages of Tim V, and that will have pictures from my travels and all that good stuff. All right. Enjoy this one. First of all, thank you for doing this. I'm really excited to be here uh, and to be welcomed to the WWF. So maybe what we can do first for people who are unfamiliar with the organization, because when I was young, the WWF was the uh, World Wrestling Federation okay. <laughs> in the States. So maybe we can first just tell people broadly um, what the WWF is and what it does. Yeah. So uh, WWF is a uh, uh, conservation organization mm. that are uh, focusing on to saving the natural resources for the human being. So this is basic uh, business of the uh, this organization. Okay. And specifically within the realm of conservation, uh, what do you particularly work on? Yeah, uh, you know that WWF is focusing in many things uh, for the uh, conservation, natural conservation, I mean. Uh, in forest uh, issues, in wildlife issues, uh, in climate change, mm. fresh water, and marine and fisheries. And I'm leading on the marine and fisheries program at this moment. Okay. Which to me would be probably real important considering that Indonesia is a nation of islands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that 
I'm really curious about talking about, and I know that uh, you're sort of leading here, is the issue of plastics. Yeah. We just talked before hitting record here about how um, for a lot of the time you're stationed in Bali, and I've seen videos that have become kind of viral mm-hmm. of like oceans filled with plastic, and mm-hmm. people have recorded some of those uh, within you know the beaches of Bali. What can be done right now about plastics that are already in the oceans? Yeah, uh, before that, you have to understand, and people also should be understand that the plastic is really one of the revolutionary uh, technology that uh, made by human being. You know, that now is very uh, economic, uh, light, and uh, durability is also very uh, good, and so on. But the problem is. Uh, you know that plastic not easier to decomposing in the environment. So mm. this is one of the big problem. Uh, another problem is our population is increasing all the time. You know that now Indonesia is one of the biggest population in the world as well. As now we reach about 250 million wow. uh, population. It means the uh, plastic is this part of our population too. And, um, uh, and that why is caused that uh, Indonesia also the second biggest uh, p- plastic pollutant in the world, mm. yeah, uh, based on the recent scientific publication. And uh, but the plastic when uh, this not end up in in the land only, no, because uh, they they are also uh, going to the sea from the river or from the coastal line and so on. And this is cause uh, many problem when and uh, when they are in the sea, it's difficult to cleaning because how you go the cleaning with the huge space like in the ocean, yeah. Um, uh, and this is our problem now. Uh, I mean, it's many uh, effort from human being right now to to cleaning the ocean from the beach clean up and uh, recycling process and so on. But the important message in here is about to prevent this. Uh, kind of the plastic liquid into the ocean rather than to think about how to cleaning the, the ocean when they are happening right now. But of course, uh, both of the efforts should be uh, conducted until now. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I think you hit a good point too because, you know, people are quite busy nowadays. A lot of mm-hmm. people uh, are ordering food through uh, Grab or GoFood, and Mm -hmm. that gets delivered in plastic. Or if you're getting food to go from um, a street cart or a warung, you're transporting that with plastic. Mm -hmm. And so it would seem to me that, you know, local businesses, they want to make money, they want to thrive, and they need a way for people to bring that food home from Mm -hmm. their business. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there any sort of efforts within Indonesia to... um, somehow switch to reusable bags or to create incentives for businesses to cut down on the use of plastics? Yeah, there's some many effort right now, but uh, usually it's categories into the in, into these three groups. Yeah, uh, First is, uh, of course, about the uh, management authority. And uh, I mean, it's like government. And the second is uh, industry because they provide all the goods and stuff. No? And then the third is uh, us uh, as consumer. So uh, many efforts actually happening right now. For example, like uh, our government has a national plan of action right now to reduce the marine debris. Mm. Uh, but it should be uh, 
heavily implemented yeah because it's a lot of the homework for example like we we need a very good uh, waste management yeah from the land to the sea for example like uh, many now a slogan and many uh, uh, guideline advice that we have to what you call it uh, we have to spread the the, the waste you now from the organic and organic recycling and, yeah. and recycling and so on yeah but some people starting in the city uh, in the big city usually they starting to spread their waste uh, into the right direction but when the general management still mix it when the truck pick our carpet from the household and they mix it again so this is one of the miss uh, big missing no? so this is one of the rule that we have uh, like uh, government should be strong uh, planning on that And then the second, for example, uh, the second group is about uh, industry. This is actually the bottleneck for this all the thing. I mean, um, industry create the product that associate with plastic you know, for wrap and so on. So um, could you imagine if the industry not using the plastic as the material for their good? I think the consumer has no choice. They just buy and so on. Yeah. So that's why the industry also have a big role in this case to always looking for the alternative material rather than plastic, the more environmental safe, or at least they can reduce or recycle their product. And for consumer uh, itself, I think we are as the consumer, of course, we can make it ourselves no, to uh, plastic diet and so on. So many a movement in Indonesia right now, including WWF, yeah, to uh, mainstreaming this idea for uh, three pillar group to manage this plastic uh, uh, for the consumer we do a lot of things for example like um, campaigning on the diet plastic uh, for example like the straw uh, to not uh, ordering straw when you go to the uh, fast food and so on yeah mm. uh, and and straw uh, if you think that straw is small I think this is not too small because this is big uh, impact for example like from the uh, scientific publication right now The straw is number fifth uh, rank of the pollutant plastic in really? the ocean. Yeah, and first, uh, could you guess for that? Uh, plastic bags. No, but the fil- cigarette filter. Oh, okay, yeah. that does make sense. Yeah, the the plastic bag is number six. Is that just for Indonesia or for the whole world? For the whole world, but typically wow. it's like also in Indonesia too, yeah. So wow, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, cigarette smoking here. Yeah, that's why <laughs> when, when uh, for example, like uh, oh, uh, if you think that uh, straw is uh, is small thing, but it's big impact because this is number five. Yeah. yeah. So it, this can help a lot of to reduce the plastic when individual like us can can manage of those things. And uh, now it's also uh, quite mainstreaming in many areas, specific city that West Bank, this community-based West Bank, that uh, you know that community and people can also uh, deposit their uh, plastic ah, into, yes. the, into this cooperative, and they can get the point on that. So many things are happening now in Indonesia, but it is not. Uh, Uh, good enough until now because we are still the biggest, one of the biggest countries. Yeah, wow. I, I've seen some countries um, are doing some type of thing where you can get on their metro or their public transportation if you mm-hmm. turn in a certain amount of your plastics. Yeah, that's in Surabaya. Oh, oh really? Yeah, in Surabaya yeah, also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- there is good um, uh, mayor in Surabaya. Mm. 
that they have uh, one of uh, our favorite mayor that have revolutionary uh, solution for the plastic. One of the uh, uh, solution is, you know, there is a city bus transportation, mm-hmm. transportation, and you can bring twenty uh, bottle plastic. Really. To change with one ticket for bus. Oh wow! So this is one of the good. Options. So that also gives people an incentive if you don't have twenty bottles to go mm-hmm. find them, go help you know yeah. clean up the streets yeah. and bring them. Even they can uh, digging from other yeah uh, under uh, uh, bin yeah, to yeah bring it into the thing. Yeah. Wow, um, you said a lot of really interesting things there. Mm. Uh, I'm re- the straws are. are are really interesting to me. I'm from the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that since I've been traveling now, uh, California has outlawed the, the uh, use of plastic straws in things like fast food mm-hmm. and, and restaurants. Uh, you're, you're totally correct about the pillars. And to me, it would seem that all three of those pillars sort of have to be working together because mm-hmm. it can't just be consumers. It can't just be government. It can't just be industry, peop- industry exactly. How, especially with an election, a really big election coming up next mm-hmm. year, how closely does or is the WWF able to work with government to create solutions together? Yeah, I think at this moment the politics uh, going to the uh, good direction. Yeah, because mm. uh, at this moment our government have picked a plate to the global community that they want to. Reduce 70% of plastic waste by 2025. So this is ah. big, big commitment from from our government, and uh, and also the social media and te- uh, television and also newspaper now is talking a lot of the plastic issue in Indonesia. I think the mainstreaming idea issues is now is really on the top of the news in in, in Indonesian level yeah mm. but uh, then the problem is uh, those all the commitments without the strong commitment and implementation i think this is uh, end up in the paper uh, work only yeah know? so that's why i hope uh, our government as the management authority now in indonesia has really implemented their commitment and leading uh, all those uh, national action plan uh, because we have very good national action plan and all the stakeholders should be support this. And I hope also maybe uh, the politician commitment on the plastic, uh, reducing plastic in Indonesia is one of the political commitment for the next election, yeah? Mm, Maybe yeah. this can consider by the Indonesian uh, citizen to choose their uh, new president for the next period. Yeah, and, and you mentioned social media. Social media is really big here in Indonesia. And I think the WWF actually does a really good job of it here in that, um, you know, Indonesians are very proud. And I saw, I was able to go to the Asian Games. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was really exciting. And uh-huh. it was... You know, <laughs> I went to the women's basketball game and they lost pretty pretty badly, but people were still behind them so much. And I, I tried to go to the para games and it sold out so quick. Like people are so excited to go and to support Indonesia. And I saw that you guys kind of partnered with the para games for um, like the illegal selling of, of wildlife mm. and trying to prevent that from happening. So uh, I do think that maybe leveraging Mm-hmm. Social media um, around the topic of plastics could be, you know, 
leading towards a successful campaign here in Indonesia. Yeah, as you know, also that we are is one of the big uh, fan for social media like Facebook. Yeah, I think yeah. Indonesia <laughs> is one of the top uh, the country for uh, Facebook con- uh, users. So I mean, if you go around Indonesia, even in some remote area like fishermen, they using Facebook as their uh, communication and uh, what you call it uh, social life right now. So mm. I think. The social media is very important right now and holds many uh, driver uh, movement of the civilization in Indonesia. I think, yes, you are correct that we, we use it. And, and, and even, I think, like in your country also, no? even the politicians use the social media as the vehicle to, oh, yeah. for their uh, you know, uh, strategy. Yeah. So I think this conservation also should use that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was thinking a little bit earlier that Indonesia has contrasts in development in the sense that Jakarta here, sometimes it reminds me of New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, huge skyscrapers, lots of people. And Indonesia also still has in places people living a little bit more traditionally. There's still people living in villages. Outside of major cities, uh, does Indonesia have the facilities for things like recycling of plastics? Yeah, this is one of the gap uh, for uh, waste management in Indonesia. Most of the recycling uh, plant or companies mostly in, in Java, uh, I see. in Java Island. And we have another 17,000 island in Indonesia. Yeah. <laughs> you know? As a big country, this, uh, one of the challenges is, you know, that the plastic waste that stranded in, in the coastline, for example, it is not only come from the land, but they also bring it from the ocean current no? that mm-hmm. stranded in, in uh, our many island, in small island in, in, in Indonesia. For example, like uh, several months ago, usually when rainy season, when the high wave and uh, the strong ocean current, uh, for example, like uh, in Wakatobi, it is the one of the famous uh, marine destination area and also, and also marine protected area. It's very critical habitat, marine critical habitat, I mean. Uh, suddenly there is stranded huge plastic in the coastline because from the ocean current and the community over there try to do the beach cleanup and could you imagine that in two hours they got two ton of the uh, waste and also most of them is plastic so in this case that you know that uh, the cleanup again that is just a sort uh, solution, but the long solution is not on the uh, clean up and, and others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting because I was thinking of that also because when I was in Lombok, I noticed that there was plastic coming in with the tide. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so to me, as an island nation, as a nation that has borders with other countries, if you look at, you know, Borneo is shared between uh, Brunei, Malaysia, and Indonesia. How much international cooperation is there? Uh, like, do you leverage ASEAN? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you work with other countries to ensure that you're all sort of using the same program and have the same, you know, 25-year goal? Or 
Yeah, yeah. I think we have uh, several uh, uh, multilateral uh, cooperation that related with environment, especially on the marine and related with plastic also. Yeah. First, of course, the ASEAN. This is on the sick, uh, on the several country in Southeast Asia, and but uh, specifically on the uh, marine conservation. Actually, we have coral triangle initiative. As you know, this is uh, you know that uh, cooperation between six country: Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, oh. uh, Timor Leste. Uh, Papua New Guinea and Solomon Island. Oh. Those region, it is the highest uh, marine biodiversity in the world. So really? Like, yeah, like uh, maybe you can uh, compare with like Amazon. Amazon is the highest okay. biodiversity on the terrestrial, but the found the sea is in the coral triangle. And um, uh, and we ca- we we usually say that. Uh, Coratelangel is the seafood basket for the world. So your country got a lot of the fish because from this region, mm. yeah. and also for many uh, marine uh, diversity from this region. And one of the issues now in this region is about the plastic threat, because uh, from the uh, recent publication, the top of the countries come from the Southeast Asia. The, uh, and China, of course, yeah, and China also, of course. So many in in this cooperation, usually they have a long-term visioning for the uh, marine uh, resource management, and they have a national plan, uh, regional plan of action, national plan of action, and we meet every year uh, from the ministerial level. Uh, to the uh, presidential level, so there is a good system from mm. under the coral triangle, right now. Yeah, there's I can't recall his name, but there's somebody who's actually quite young. I think he's in his twenties, mm-hmm. and I think he's working out of out of California or Hawaii right now, mm-hmm. and he's uh, constructing some type of like. <laughs> ocean vacuum, right? That's going to be mm-hmm. like sucking plastic yep, out yep. of the ocean. I know that uh, the WWF is a worldwide organization. Mm-hmm. And obviously it, it makes sense to work regionally with the countries here on the issues here. But do you ever like um, compare ideas or a vision for the future with um you know, either scientists or other WWF workers in the States or in Africa or in Europe? Yeah, uh, I think uh, WWF globally, we have uh, networking to fighting with this, uh, with this uh, plus, ocean plastic issues. One of those is we, we have a dream in 2050, there is 1,000 cities spread on the zero plastic policy, mm. free city. Yeah. And also... Now we are working for, for the uh, industrial sector because we would like to start uh, working with the source directly. So right. uh, we're thinking that uh, uh, beside the government improvement and so on, but the industry is uh, the key for, for this thing. So that's why in many uh, offices, in many offices in the world, we are working with uh, many uh, leading uh, companies, consumer goods, 
to working to, to think about the alternative material or uh, cascading uh, material that or recycling and, and so on. So it's many big uh, company played on that and we try to assist them to reduce their footprint and and we hope we do that. And also we, we introduce several innovation technology yeah, to, to the world. Actually it's not uh, funded by WF, but we try to promote it what the best uh, scientific uh, or the best uh, revolutionary te- technology right you know, in uh, that we bring it to the community. For example, like uh, maybe like uh, pyrolysis machine if you hear about this because uh, like in Indonesia I thinking that this is one of the one of uh, mitigation tool for this when we know that many island in Indonesia and we if they are far away from the recycle, recycling processing plant mm. uh, like in Java uh, because most of them is in Java so we have to create some of the uh, machine or engine that can Uh, bring the added value for the plastic in that area that needed by those local community. Otherwise, is uh, how to shifting those uh, raw material that also the value is very low and this high cost when transported from the remote area in Indonesia to Java, yeah, because uh, logistic is still big issue in Indonesia. Wow. For consumers, we mentioned straws, but I think probably most people. Uh, they try to get through their day with convenience, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they want to do what's going to be easiest and most convenient for mm-hmm. them, um, which doesn't always mean that they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are a couple basic things that consumers can do to start to reduce their use of plastic and their, their impact on the environment? Yeah, in the case, uh, just uh, uh, take your habit, uh, your life right now. And how the basic thing is how you can... Uh, reduce for the uh, using the plastic. Uh, yeah, it's many things. Uh, it's not only talking about straw and uh, shopping bag and so on. Yeah, if you're a lady, for example, if you choose the cosmetic uh, box, uh, not from the plastic, this help mm. a lot also. No? And also if we we are a businessman that always meeting in the hotel, you know that many usually They provide the uh, mineral water bottle, and let uh, you can ask to the organizer that pro- please provide the uh, what you call it, the reveal um, bottle, uh, and so on. So many things that we can we we can do, yeah, uh, as individual because even small thing that you can reduce is can give big impact when we can account it. For example, like in Indonesia itself is more than 200 million people. If yeah. all of them is reduce one, uh, what you call it? Uh, for example, like reduce to not using one plastic bag in one day, for example. You can imagine how many many uh, volume of the plastic can reduce on this case. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're sitting here. This is a pretty easy example, but mm-hmm. reusable water bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this one is good approach. Yeah, you talked about the sort of like the biodiversity of this region. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there uh, sticking to marine wildlife because that's yeah. where your expertise is? Um, 
Are there any animals that are in jeopardy of being endangered or even facing extinction that are native to the Indonesian waters? Yeah, um, yeah. One of the sample is uh, there is a new research. Even this is from uh, uh, coordinating maritime ministry that uh, in 2017 they do the research in one of the big cities in Indonesia, call it Makassar. This is one of the big cities in the coastline area. And they do sampling from the, uh, from the fish in that uh, sea. Mm. And they found about 12% of this, the sample of the fish contain mine with the plastic. Wow. So you can imagine the, the impact yeah, uh, for the human being. And also, uh, we have some of the uh, data in our sea uh, turtle nesting beach area that uh, because many of the plastic waste come to this area, so the behavior of the sea turtle is also changed and reduce the nesting uh, number wow. in this area too. Yeah. So if this uh, continuously, of course, this will give impact to the uh, higher uh, sea turtle population in the world too. Yeah, it's funny too because I think I always try to think of you know this is largely a travel themed podcast. Mm -hmm. And sort of like my relation to the places that I'm going to is that of a traveler. It's, it's, mm. it's a foreigner, an outsider. Uh, and so many of the places that people want to go to in Jakarta are these like amazingly beautiful beaches and nature mm. settings. Um, and a big part to me of trying to be like a conscious traveler is thinking about the environmental impact of when I come into a place. And that's something I've been doing a lot more recently. So like, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm carrying my reusable bottle. Um, now everywhere I go, it's, it's deduct plastic, like no yeah. plastic. Uh, I have a bag, I've got a uh -huh. tote bag with me. Um, and so, you know, it's not a question, but just a thought for people listening, uh, a lot of people who are travelers, to, to keep that in mind that when you visit a place, like you're, you're leaving, mm -hmm. but, but the people and the animals and the environment, that's staying yeah, there. Stay there. Um, I had one other question. You were mentioning how uh, this region of the world is producing a lot of the seafood. Mm -hmm. uh, Indonesia itself is also a, a place that consumes seafood. One yes. of my favorite things here is ikan bakar. Okay. Um, but again, you know, all throughout Southeast Asia and East Asia, uh, a lot of seafood is consumed and all over the world. Uh, it's something that you hear from conservationists and environmentalists is that we're overfishing. Is that... Uh, a fact that, or is that an issue that Indonesia has, has faced at all? Or, or are we noticing the waters around here being overfished? Yeah, um, I think Indonesia is now is also under the overfishing as well as the global uh, fish status right now. Like for uh, FAO data in the global uh, fish stock right now is uh, overfishing about uh, 50 3% and Indonesia is wow. 55% too. So basically now our seafood is uh, unsecure. So that's why now is many policy talking about food security. Yeah. Uh, seafood security. And this is a uh, main factor, yeah? Uh, beside the over-exploitation, also the 
environmental degradation uh, like the pollution from the plastic too so it's many imp- impact a many factor uh, that impacted yeah and that's i think that's a really complicated issue mm. because i think you know most people initially they'll just think well then then fish less mm-hmm. you know but it, within the global economy right now like the the country's looking for a way to strengthen the rupiah mm-hmm. right so to yeah we would all love to say stop fishing so much but then it's well, well where is that sector of the gdp or of, of the economy going to be made up um so i would imagine that that's a really tricky problem to try to tackle or solve yeah this is a economic problem at the, at this moment no uh, that uh, in other hand we would like to strengthen our uh, rupiah in other hand that our resources is also a problem yeah uh, of course there is a many positive thing but uh, uh, in one of the case that we have to take care is uh, uh, resources because uh, marine resources or seafood is one of the uh, favorite commodity for export no? mm-hmm. uh, as the coral triangle region that um, many seafood come from in this region and Indonesia is one of the biggest fishing nation too so uh, the existences of the seafood healthy uh, fish ecosystem this is uh, uh, have the direct link with the economic and the power and beginning position of our currency in 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 the global uh, economic too these are really big projects these are big operations uh, to to try to tackle something like plastic uh, how does how is the wwf funded is there government money is it entirely donations and fundraising yeah i think so many people take care about that so the uh, the plastic program uh, in Indonesia uh, is come from many things yeah as there is uh, agency there is uh, CSR corporate social responsibility from the company and also individual donors I mean if from for WWF we, we got uh, some of support we have the supporter this individual donor that uh, have membership with WWF and pay uh, annual membership to contribute our program and we got also from the WWF network uh, like from the Netherlands US usually they have a more bigger uh, donation from their mm. uh, from their uh, citizen because yeah. they're more aware and the economic also higher so for yeah. example like if i was not mistaken yeah uh, this uh, WWF Netherlands supporter is uh, 3 Per fourth, the citizen in Netherlands is a WF supporter. They donate per year. Really? Yeah. So it's three quarters of the population. Yes, three wow. Yeah, this I was not mistaken. Yeah, and they they pay membership annually, and and because they realize that most of their uh, food and resources is come from other countries, so mm-hmm. this is part of the how to pay environmental services, and our office in Netherlands is distributed all this. Uh, fun to many regions that related with their uh, country as well. This the whole how people work should be uh, in in this planet yeah, because we have only one planet. Yeah. So many like uh, developed country asking us as developing country to manage our resources. 
uh, and they want to harvest uh, anything. But if they not support us, so it's mean like unfair, no? So we have right. to control everything, but they they want to get some of the 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 results. So we have to collaborate. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So if I link to, I guess. Uh, the Indonesian WWF website, there will be a place that people can go on to donate if they have the ability to do so? Yeah, sure. There is uh, uh, information and page in the, our website. Just visit Great. the uh, WWF uh, website in many countries, including in Indonesia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mas Imam, <laughs> I yeah. know you're a very busy man, um, so I want to thank you for, for giving me your time and for welcoming me uh, to the beautiful offices here. Uh, Indonesia is a place within the past year and a little bit. I've spent about three months total time. Okay. Uh, I love it here. And, um, you know, I'd love to see things that are affecting the population in the country negatively. I'd love to see them solved. So uh, thank you for the work that you're doing. And I know that uh, the people here are appreciative of that as well. Yeah, you are welcome. And I appreciate your time also uh, reaching out to us in WWF. And I hope you can spread our... Uh, vision, message, and dream. This is not only WF dream, and yeah. uh, but this is all, all the uh, people in the world should be thinking yes, about sir. this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makasi okay. mas. Yeah. Sama sama. Terima kasih. All right, that is a wrap, folks. Thank you to all the voyagers for tuning in to episode eighty-one of the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. Thank you to Dr. Imam, and also thank you to. Uh, Anastasia from the World Wildlife Fund for helping to set up this episode. Thank you to everybody over there, actually, uh, who was uh, really hospitable and um, made me feel at home there and and gave me the time of day. So thank you to all of you over there. Listeners, as always, thank you for listening. I'm having the time of my life, and I'm glad that you're along for at least part part of the journey with me here. And as always, folks, please take care of each other. Bye bye.